We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friend, and unique expression of the divine. I have to ask you, have you gotten stressed out about doing this? Have you ever wondered to yourself, what should I be doing? What should I be doing? <laughs> we live in a left brain, ambitious society where doing this and an intense work ethic, setting high-minded goals and achieving those goals seems to be revered. And I know I've personally gone through periods of discomfort when I wasn't clear about what I should be doing. I'd meditate and say, God, what would you have me do? And I would hear, B. But what do I do? B. But what do I do? <laughs> B. Doing this and overly identifying with what we do tends to come from the ego. And sometimes as we go higher in our conscious, their consciousness, there are important times of turning inward and relaxing into a state of beingness. This is a quality that comes from the heart and soul, and it can help us cultivate a profound level of presence with ourselves, with others, and for the world. And this presence of beingness and of love is the most wonderful thing we can do and be for everyone we care about or come in contact with. And certainly, from my perspective, the most exquisite gift we can ripple out into our world. Here to talk more about this, more about surrendering our ego and personal agenda and going into higher realms of consciousness, awareness, and awakening is my truly fabulous guest teacher and likely enlightened one, Penny Pierce. Penny is an internationally respected clairvoyant, empath, visionary author, a popular lecturer and trainer. She's one of the early pioneers in the intuition development movement, specializing in intuition development, inner energy dynamics, expanded perception, transformation, and dream work. Since 1977, she's worked throughout the U.S., Europe, Japan, South America, and has worked with businesses and government leaders counselors, scientists, celebrities, and all of us on a spiritual path who wants to learn more about ascension and true success. She's the author of 10 books, including Transparency, Seeing Through to Our Expanded Human Capacity, Leap of Perception, The Transforming Power of Your Attention, Frequency, The Power of Personal Vibration, and The Intuitive Way, The Definitive Guide to Increasing Your Awareness. So, Penny, I know you've written a lot more books and shared a lot more wisdom, but I'm super excited just to be getting into this conversation with you now. So, welcome to the show, Penny. Well, thanks. It's good to be back. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite topics. Oh, I just can't get enough of you. And I'm just so excited to pick your brain and listen to your wisdom channel through your heart. And this is such an important topic. I've been having this conversation with a lot of people and like, what do people want to hear about? And it's, it's this, this transcending our ego and going higher and um, going more into that space of beingness rather than doing this. So I'm just super excited to hear what your thoughts are and the wisdom that you start to download. Well, you know, I think it, it does have a lot to do with us balancing ourselves out in terms of using both the left brain and the right brain and having mm -hmm. what I often call the round trip, you know, where you, <laughs> you know, you, um, and, and the other, the other way of thinking about that is that we are at one moment in the particle based reality here in the physical world. 
and then we relax and we kind of follow the wave out to the non-physical realms where we're in imagination and those higher feeling states or inspirational states or dream states. And then we rock back in after we've gotten sort of a new set of instructions or some new visions, come back into the physical world again. You know, so we access information from the right brain and the unified field and, you know, the, the spiritual levels of ourselves. And then we come back in and translate it through into the left brain so we can do something about it and create in this world. Mm. You know, and so we need both. You know, we need being and doing. But the left brain is very, very much about doing, right? It's yes. about making meanings, making rules, making things crystallize. And then it gets stuck in that and, and it starts to want to preserve the forms that it's just created. And then mm-hmm. it gets us stuck, you know, because yes. it really does not like change. It doesn't want, um, it thinks it means that we're in danger, you know. So the left brain will do a lot of things to keep us from changing. And I think that's what we, we're sort of trying to get a handle on right now and, and remember the right balance, right? Because mm-hmm. the left brain has started to think it's the boss, yes. you know, it, and it's not. It's the implementer. The left brain, I mean, excuse me, the right brain is the intuitive part of us that connects us to, the, to our identity as a soul and our, our belongingness in, in the whole unified field, and that is our big body. You know, we are, are the whole thing, and we know that in the right brain, but not in the left brain, right? And so the right bra- brain is in the present moment. It accesses in an unlimited way. And then the left brain brings that into definition and uses language to describe things. And, um, and then as soon as you do that, it kind of drops in frequency and it, and it comes into form. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so we need to learn this balance. Uh, I think that's one of the first things anyway. No, I think that that's really great because I think for me and uh, maybe for a lot of people, the doing this just continues. But we do need to take that break and go more into that state of, uh, I think, peace and accessing higher wisdom or right brain or heart energy and then be informed about our next doing steps from that place rather than running around frantically trying to do more. I heard this quote a couple days ago that I just love so much. If you don't think you're doing enough on some level, you don't believe you are enough. And that kind of stopped me dead (laughs) in my tracks. It's like, wow. That really makes sense. Uh, Right. Yeah. That was that right. was a profound moment. So we need to give ourselves permission to to stop, and relax, and and have that awareness that we we are enough, and then just give ourselves permission to center ourselves and and experience peace, and then we'll be motivated to do again from that. I think, mm-hmm. like you'd said, higher minded frequency. I talk a lot in in several of my books about you know this this the creation cycle which Mm -hmm. starts with being, which is spirit, and then the energy drops down and starts to come into the mind, you know, and um, um, thinking and all of that. And that's also related to doing. And then that Mm -hmm. cycles down in frequency and drops even more until it crystallizes in form, which is having. So be, do, have, Mm -hmm. or or spirit, mind, body. 
And that's a process of bringing ideas from the non-physical realm into the physical materialization. But that's where most people stop. Yeah. And then they don't know that you're supposed to finish the cycle by going from having to being again, you know, and finish the cycle around the triangle. <laughs> you know? yes. Instead, yeah, they going. go, oh, no, there's nothing out there. If I stop from having, I'll have loss. And then that's frightening. I'll have nothing. I'll be annihilated, you know. Um, and so they turn around and go back to the mind and more doing. Right. And thinking again and doing more or better or differently and using willpower then to yeah. make it happen. Right. And then sure. they get maybe the same result or they keep it going. Um, and then, but that one's finished. And then instead of letting go, they go back again. And the, yes. the more times people go back to, you know, between being and doing, <laughs> you know, it's like the addictive process. And, um, you know, it, it exhausts you. It actually exhausts you because yes. at the end of a cycle of be, do, have, you have to relax, go back and to being rest. in order to recuperate, to remember the soul, the self, that, hey, I'm the soul. Ah, I yeah, have plenty that. of things I can create now. Let's, let's create something new. Yeah, give yourself and that And then the cycle season. starts again. Yeah, to replenish. This is a quote from your book. I love it so much. Once you are comfortable shifting from the doing, having, knowing part of the brain into the being, experience, communion part of the brain, you rest in that stillness for an unknown period. Time does not exist in that state. This is liminal space and akin to the caterpillar to butterfly transmutation process. This allows your soul to repattern your inner blueprint to relay a new set of instructions that will lead you successfully into your new super clear self. Right, yeah. We don't understand the value of that that resting place or that liminal space and liminal space is really it means about the threshold. You know, between two things. Mm -hmm. So it's the space before the threshold where you're just ending a previous cycle. And, and you do that by saying, look at what I just accomplished. Isn't that wonderful? I'm enjoying that so much. And I enjoyed the whole process all the way through. And I'm this much richer mm -hmm. for it. And, and I'm, you know, satisfaction, basically, enjoyment. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then um, and being with it. And then as you move through the threshold into the other side, the pre-action -act cycle, the, you know, you're letting things kind of uh, gestate. You're noodling around. You're not pushing with willpower. <laughs> you're letting things come to you on their own and, and sort of glimmers and um, things that make you curious. And you're not pushing to go forward. You're letting yourself stay in that kind of playful space. And there's a wonderful think that's, kind yeah, of Yeah, I don't experience. think a lot of people... I don't think a lot of people understand about that space in our particular culture. And you write this, yeah. you write this in a way that's so understandable and wonderful. You may experience this state as captivity and punishment until you learn to know it as peace and reward. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Punishment. That's, you know, that's the good old left brain again. Um, yeah, and, and it's it's one of the best things, you know, is to have that time. We all say, oh, I need a retreat. Oh, I, you, know, I, you know, but we don't let ourselves actually do it because the minute you sit down to be quiet, your left brain interrupts with, oh, I should be doing this chore. What do I do? Oh, I should what should I do? What do I do? TV <laughs> program, right? And, um, and, you know, you almost just have to go for a walk in nature and just 
empty your brain. Just let it be like a limp muscle for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just don't, you know, my sister gets up in the morning and ha- has her coffee on the sofa. And she says it's her staring into space time, you know. Nice. And, and I think we need that, you know, that just some time where you're not filling up with other people's creations, for one thing, like from TV or even books sometimes, where you allow things to come up and want to come out of you to see what's yeah. yours. Yeah, and the vision that I, I kind of downloaded at one point, and you write about this in the book, is just, you know, the caterpillar going into the chrysalis. And mm-hmm. I would feel when I was in this chrysalis that, that sense of tra- entrapment or punishment. It's like, I want to fly, I want to fly, I want to fly. But you know what? I'm liquid. I can't fly <laughs> right, right now. I have to let spirit do what it does and relax and allow this process to occur. And and I don't know about you, Penny, but I've gone through this process many times. I've yes, been in the, I guess cyclical. it's like seasons. Yeah, it's like seasons. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's summer, sometimes it's spring, sometimes it's fall, sometimes it's winter. And it's like, oh, it's Priscilla's time again. And I really, I do see it as a reprieve. And, I, and I'm in that space right now. There's not a lot of doing this. And, it, and it's, it's okay. I'm identifying more with that, that presence and that peace and that um, beingness. And, and it's a lovely place to be if we just understand it's part and parcel of the right. human process. I think and when one we of do the tricks out, is, yes. you know, to stop the internal dialogue. Because mm-hmm. if you want to move from your left brain to your right brain, left brain is always about language. So if you stop talking, stop listening to words, you know, and just, you know, even stop talking inside your own head and get more like an animal, you know, and just be mm-hmm. immediately connected to the, your surroundings and textures and colors and the senses and smells and all that, and just kind of drop more into your body. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the being. It's being with, or it's becoming the thing you're looking at. You know, actually go in and penetrate into, you know, a tree. Go in and become the tree and see what it's like to be a tree or what does a tree know about and um and these are our imagination exercises this is where you re-enter that world of the inner creativity that then will come out into and eventually materialize as some kind of reality for you but if unless you can actively enter the imaginal realm which we've been trained out of mainly yes you know it's really hard to evolve your own reality in a very conscious way and, and, and I think you're bringing us up such a great point. I think the most important thing we can do is evolve our own reality, you know, to be on this journey of the hero and take responsibility for the evolution of our own soul, to become personally authentic and transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think we do that just the way children do. Children don't struggle to do this. They right. get out a piece right. of paper and they look at it and then they pick up a red crayon because that's the one that feels right in that moment. <laughs> and they do something with it. And then maybe they, you know, turn the paper upside down and do something, you know, but the, the idea comes to them and then they do their thing and then the next idea comes to them and they do their, their thing. And that's the way it is with the creative process. You know, you go halfway into the imaginal realm and it comes halfway to you. You know, but you've got to go in and allow for the surprises to come. Oh, and that's the vision that I get. 
I feel like God is handing me these big presents every single day. <laughs> and I used yeah. to get stressed about what's coming. It's supposed to be a surprise. It's supposed to be a mystery. It's supposed to be a gift. Right. And I think when we're in our joy and celebration, that brings great celebration and joy to our creator. So it's just, um, it's just, it's just a lovely process once we trust it. Yes, yes. And I think it has everything to do with being authentic. And of course, becoming mm-hmm. transparent is being authentic, you know, and, um, and I think that there's a, a connection here with the act of being humble. You know, and to uh, me, yes. humility is really not about being less than something or someone. It's not about being less than yourself. It's actually about a statement of truth about who you are in any given moment. You know, just, you know, and some days I'm, um, you know, off my center, and some days I'm like super on, you know, <laughs> and that's me that day, you know, and, and it oscillates, and um, some days, you know, what is it John Denver said, sometimes the days are diamond, some days are stone, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you let it be what it is without judging yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. So here's another really wonderful quote from your book. When you become transparent, the way you demonstrate clarity, beauty, compassion, and truth comes naturally without effort. Your eyes may sparkle and your skin may glow. There's not a posturing or holier-than-thou attitude. People feel better when they spend time with you, and you see others as an equal. Yeah, that humility, it's about knowing we're at an aspect yes. of the divine and we're amazing, but so is everyone else. And that's true. I mean, it, it, transparency is such an amazing state because when you start to become transparent, and that means kind of exposed and just letting people see you whatever way you are and and then realizing that, yes, you have your human stuff and you're a soul and you have this immense, you know, greatness and genius and beauty yeah. and everything. And, and then when you look at others, you see that they do too. And then when yes. you see that about them, it's like a telepathic message that then they think, whoa, if they see me that way, maybe I am that way. Yes. And then they can start to see themselves that way, and then they see others that way. And so it's kind of contagious, you know. And It is. It's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And, and I do Absolutely. think it begins by us taking personal responsibility, not trying to fix or take care of. I used to ask God, what, I want to heal others. And he goes, don't worry about that. Just let your life be the living example of your beliefs. And as I've done that, mm-hmm. you know, people have come to me and asked, well, how'd you do that? But, um, and, and now I have to give you another quote from your book. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. We don't it's need good. to I'd like to hear people. this again because I can't it's remember good. having written yeah, it. Because <laughs> you, that's because you were channeling it. I, I understand. <laughs> you were just downloading the wisdom. It's like, I wrote that? That's amazing. So I know, you say. It's weird. It is. It's cool, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So you talk about not rescuing other people. You learn to allow other people to go through their clearing process, their own speed, offering assistance if it feels natural, but you don't feel like you have to save them to make yourself feel better. You let people feel how they feel without it affecting your choice to feel the way you like to feel. You learn not to merge with vibrations that are lower than your home frequency because what you put your attention on becomes real for you and it can confuse yourself unnecessarily. So I think this is such a great point because I've certainly wanted to rescue people and I found it never, ever worked and it just made me feel worse. Right. And you get dragged into 
their reality and end up lowering your vibration and it stalls you. You know, um, yeah. that's part of it. And the other part is what you said is that people are going to hear what they're ready to hear. And if they're not, you know, they, it doesn't work. So you can sort of ask that you be connected with people who are ready to change, ready to grow. And, oh, that um, is my prayer. That is my prayer you know, on a daily so that, basis. That you don't, mm-hmm. you know, attract too many sort of victims who can't, who aren't really ready to change because they're getting too much out of being a victim. You know, victim, victimhood is often a kind of passive, um, aggressive way of controlling reality. And um, it doesn't know, so work. But I've been there, so I don't judge it. Right. Yeah, you got to let people be where they're at. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. That's such a big, big and important lesson in my life. And, and for many of the people that I've been having conversations with lately, just let people be where they're at. Just live your best life. Connect with other people of like mind. And, you know, there has been a discernment process and sifting and sorting as a counselor. It's like who authentically wants to shift, who wants to be empowered. So I'll always ask people, what are your intentions? My intention mm-hmm. is to empower your intentions. But if people are really entrenched in that victim consciousness, I don't really want to hang out there. And I think that's okay. They can find somebody else to do that. <laughs> yeah. To see, you know, what's people's level of, of readiness for various things. Yeah. And, you know, I think we can always offer things, but people are going to hear what they're going to hear. And um, I think as the more you do it, the older you get, you, you, re- you learn more about um, what not to offer. Yeah, and, you know, and, and like people aren't ready to, yet, so yeah. don't waste your energy at this point. Exactly, to overextend. Maybe you give them a bite. If they take it, give them another bite. I used to try to give mm-hmm. people a whole cake and be frustrated and tired <laughs> because they didn't eat the whole cake. So <laughs> that, that brings to mind uh, that, that wonderful wisdom from the Bible, don't throw your pearls before swine. Yeah, not that's, that we're that's better. a really good It's one. just like that's not what a little piglet wants. They don't want And I've also noticed there's a kind of a <laughs> – I don't know whether it's a physics thing or it's a mathematical kind of thing, but especially in relationships, if you like take three steps towards someone else and they just take one step toward you and, you know, you're trying to, you know, make everything work, then you'll get rejected by two steps worth of energy. Yeah. You know, and it's not about you being a bad person or anything. It's because you overstepped and put that much extra energy into something that couldn't receive it. So it, it kind of backlashes onto you or like ebbs, like a wave, you know, it splashes back toward you. And so you're just learning to give what the other, to give as much as the other person can receive. Yeah. While at the same time, telepathically in your mind, holding them in an image of you seeing them as their soul. So that the telepathic image gets communicated in the non-physical world and the words in the physical world get communicated to how much they think they can accept. Does that make sense? It does. It's kind of a dual level thing. It's such a gentle, uh, graceful process compared to other ways of trying to be of service. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've talked to it. I've had a number of clients who did a lot of... um, nonprofit kind of work like in Haiti, you know, or in world disasters and giving food. And then the people just back, you know, slide into the old pattern that they were in before. It's like a sort of a temporary respite, but nothing changes. 
Mm-hmm. So they realized eventually after several years of doing that, it, that there must be a different way. Yeah, it's not that know? effective. And it doesn't feel yeah. that good. Yeah. Why Abraham Hicks said something that really made sense to me. It's like, okay, see, so somebody's really positive and empowered and optimistic, and somebody's really negative and they're victim and disempowered. Who's going to win over the other? And she said, whoever's more entrenched in their own consciousness. So if somebody's really in victim consciousness and you're trying to pull them up, they're not going to, you're not going to pull them up. They're going to pull you down. So it's really about be dis- being discerning about your energy and the gift of your time and presence and heart and beingness and whatever. Who Who's going to benefit most from that? And I used to want to go to the most hurting people and try to rescue them. And it it, it wasn't really effective for them or for me. So I don't, I don't do that anymore. I just mm-hmm. enjoy my connection and um, love to connect with other people that are really connected. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that... Um... You know, it, who will win out? I think truth wins out eventually because it is the only, only thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, it just can take it, some time to get there. I know it did for yeah, me. <laughs> you just, and you just have to keep having faith and trust and reinforce the fact that I am the soul. I'm connected to all souls at some level higher up. I am a collective consciousness. I do know how the universe really works. I do know about spiritual truth at some level in me. I do know what needs to happen next. I can see the other people as, you know, made of light. Mm -hmm. And I do know that they are evolving. And just keep holding to it. That's all. Just stay in it. Yes, and just keep taking personal responsibility for your own journey. And and that's That's what I love about your books, and especially this latest one transparency, seeing through to our expanded human potential. It's about just giving us the tools so that we can go higher. We can expand and go higher in our own consciousness and things become more clear, graceful, easy. Oh my gosh, our show's over. Where can people get you? Penny, where, <laughs> that where, what's your website? <laughs> uh, yeah, pennypierce.com. And that's P-E-N-N-E-Y and then P-E-I-R-C-E. And um, all kinds of information on there. And the books are on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble, and lots of bookstores have them. Well, thank you, Penny, for having this very enlightening conversation. And to my listeners, I love you with my whole heart. Come hang out with me, TammyBPhD.com, Facebook, Twitter. I adore you completely. I appreciate immensely. And I just am so blessed to have you in my life. Onward and upward, take good care of yourself. Bye for now.